Turn on the financial news and you're bound to heard the stories for the last two weeks already. The story that seasonally speaking, the month of September has been the worst month for stock returns, that is historically speaking. Going back to 1928, the S&P 500 is up only 45% of the time with a negative average return of about minus 1.1%. Midterm presidential years, like the one we're in right now, show pretty much the same results, up less than 50% of the time with an average negative return of also about minus 1.15% before getting into the historically seasonal stronger fourth quarter. Third quarters tend to go out on a down note and are not very promising at first glance. However, this short-term pain usually creates longer-term opportunity for investors. I'm Chris Paris with Oak Harvest Investment in Houston, and welcome to our weekly Stock Talk podcast, keeping you connected to your money. Before we get into this week's topic, third quarter seasonals, September weakness, are you sure? Please take a moment to click on the subscribe button and click on the notification bell so you'll be alerted when our team uploads our latest content. So that's the bad news. September is historically the worst stock return month of the year. Case closed. Not necessarily according to more analysis by Steven Suttmeyer's data team at Merrill Lynch. His team looked up cases when the market was up 5% or more in July and down in August, much like this summer. It's happened nine times in the last 95 years. When this pattern has happened in July and August, it seems that September swoon has usually been pulled forward into August. Why? Because in 67% of the cases, September has had an average return of over positive 2.2%, which would make September return one of the better months of the year. Remember viewers, the Fed meets on September 20th and 21st, and is expected to raise interest rates by 50 to 75 basis points to further slow inflation, which the real-time data has said is already heading south. Even if September ends in the red for the month, the question on investors' minds is, does forward data support a normal fourth quarter rally and a particularly strong late 2022 and first half of 2023 stock market? For now, the answer to our team hints at yes, that pullbacks in the markets look like they're set up to be bought, not sold. First is the chart of forward volatility. The cost to hedge and insure your portfolio into the future months against big swings in the market. After troughing and turning up mid last November in 2021, about six weeks in front of the stock market's peak in late December, forward volatility looks to have peaked this past summer three times, with an ultimate top on June 14th when the S&P 500 troughed below 3650. The uptrend in volatility looks to have been broken to the downside finally after trending higher for 10 months. Looking back over 25 years of volatility history in stocks, the chart rarely regains its positive momentum. No, it doesn't mean that volatility will collapse and we're going back to spot VIX index of 10 or less, like in 2017, when the stock market barely dipped minus 2% on pullbacks throughout the entire year. However, it does suggest the buyer's return on percentage dips in the overall market and shorter term spikes in volatility, unlike the first half, when sellers sold stock market rips. Here are a few more charts that show behind the scenes, things are trying to slowly bubble up positively, even though most of the news on TV sounds depressing and negative. These are recent charts from all-star charts, but they can be found in a lot of places for free on the internet. We've talked in previous podcasts about the positive summer breadth thrusts the market has experienced the last three months. Breadth is usually measured as the number of green stocks on your screen versus the number of red. Here's a different breadth chart by All Star Charts comparing 21-day new highs 
to 21-day new lows. Much like the previous breadth charts we've shared, historically, these types of positive divergences happen at the start of new positive moves, not the end. Many investors point to the weakness in technology and NASDAQ stocks as a tell for the overall market. While many of the biggest market cap companies in the S&P 500 are tech names, like Apple and Microsoft, amongst others, the weakness in the overall NASDAQ composite isn't new. It's been going on since the first quarter of 2021 when the Treasury yield curve peaked. Here's a chart from All Start Charts showing the average decline of NASDAQ stocks. It hit minus 43% in mid-June. Yes, that's right, minus 43%. That's worse than the COVID lows. Small cap stocks look the same. A lot of bad news, a lot of double ordering of technology products caused by COVID demand, and a lot of lower valuations caused by the Fed raising rates is already being factored in now. We've talked about dollar strength hurting earnings of the S&P 500 companies, putting pressure on overall markets. Here's another great chart comparing the broader NYSE composite and the dollar index, or the DXY. It's pretty easy to see. While it's great for traveling in Europe and Asia for summer travelers, a stronger dollar pressures our stock markets. The dollar ripping since late 2021 is a function mostly of our Federal Reserve raising interest rates faster than other developed economies such as Japan or Europe or China to slow inflation down. Any slowing of our Federal Reserve raising interest rates relative to other central banks would likely cause a dollar peak and a strong pivot up in the S&P 500. One must only look at the markets move rapidly higher in the second half of July through mid-August to see how positive a peaking dollar would be to overall investors. Both the four-year presidential cycle and intra-year seasonal cycles are converging the next few months. Both are historically bullish. Here's the four-year election cycle graph since the fourth quarter 2020 election. We pretty much followed its path with a higher level of volatility. Yes, we went higher than expected, and now we've dropped lower than expected. However, net, we're pretty much spot on. The average, historically, where the markets are two and a half years into a presidential term, with it quickly approaching what has historically been the best five-quarter run in stock returns. Much of this data work is very similar to the work of Larry Williams, who we also follow. Did we start a new bull market with a COVID bottom in late first quarter 2020? We did experience a huge first year run off the lows into the second quarter of 2021, the largest one year recover ever. Since mid first quarter of 2021, we've been consolidating those gains for a little more than a year into our current June lows. This one year rip off the bottom, followed by a 12 to 18 month stall and consolidation phase is quite common throughout the history of markets coming off major market lows. 1923, stalled. 1934, stall. 1983, stall. 2004, stall. 2010, stalled. As for what types of stocks should one be looking for to invest in? That's easy, diversified. Some growth and some value. Some with growing dividends and others with purely organic growth. Why do we say both? Because playing that rotational game of I want to own value stocks. No, now I want to own growth stocks is a great way to do both poorly, chasing leaders near tops and selling other stocks right before they come back into favor. Here's a chart comparing value stocks performance versus growth stocks versus the 10-year treasury yield since 2020. As you can see, as long-term interest rates rise, value stocks generally outperform. However, the instant interest rates peak, the relative performance flipped back to growth stocks winning out over value stocks. The style outperformance has lasted about nine months at a time 
over the last two and a half years. If you can find someone to manage your money and to execute your portfolio tactically, efficiently, consistently, on a tax-efficient basis, flipping back and forth from growth to value, give me a call because I want to hire them. It's been a tough nine months in the market as the Federal Reserve has moved inflation fighting to their number one priority over economic growth. The markets are still wrestling with how slow the economy will get as the Fed continues along its fourth quarter rate increases. Summers are almost never calm, and they're never fun for investing in stock markets. And the summer of 2022 has been particularly volatile with the Fed meetings, global economic slowdown, higher inflation, and a war in Ukraine causing energy issues. The good news is that we don't believe the Fed needs to actually pivot to lower rates to get the markets moving higher once again. We are currently of the belief that given the employment picture and slow growth we're in, the markets would exhale greatly with just a general roadmap of slower interest rate increases over the coming six months instead of more 75 basis point interest rate increases on the table. The real-time data behind the scenes says the Fed is succeeding in lowering inflation. Investors want to know that the Fed sees it and believes it too and is willing to take their foot off the gas of the monetary policy tightening as inflation slows. If the ongoing market volatility is making you feel uneasy, give us a call and schedule a meeting with an Oak Harvest advisor. Our team does have insurance-based tools that don't have the volatility of public equity markets. However, we remind you that these investments may also lower your longer-term expected returns. At Oak Harvest, we think our clients are best served by us helping them plan for their future needs instead of focusing on the past. The future and the stock markets are always uncertain. That is why our retirement planning teams plan for your retirement needs first and your greed second. Give us a call to speak to an advisor and let us help you craft a financial plan that helps you meet your retirement goals. Call us here at 877-896-0040 and schedule an advisor consultation. The first one's free. We are here to help you on your financial journey into and through your retirement years. I'm Chris Paris, and from the whole team here at Oak Harvest, have a blessed weekend. All content contained within Oak Harvest podcast expresses the views of the speaker and is for informational purposes only. It is based on information believed to be reliable when created, but any cited data, indicators, statistics, or other sources are not guaranteed. The views and opinions expressed herein may change without notice. Strategies and ideas discussed may not be right for you, and nothing in this podcast should be considered as personalized investment, tax or legal advice, or an offer or solicitation to buy or sell securities. Indexes such as the S&P 500 are not available for direct investment, and your investment results may differ when compared to an index. Specific portfolio actions or strategies discussed will not apply to all client portfolios. Investing involves the risk of loss, and past performance is not indicative of future results.